The Graphic Histories Podcast. time for the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette. Big thanks to Ukla the Mock for our theme song, Superpowers, and big thanks to you, gentle listener, for tuning in once again to our show. Welcome to the premiere episode of Season 2 of the Graphic Histories Podcast, in which nothing really changes as to what we did before. The color scheme changes on Facebook and on the website, and that's about it. However, we will continue to bring you hard-hitting two-fisted tales of graphic histories of comic book characters that are popping up in you know live action television and and movies and and also featured interviews with some of independent and professional comic creators across the globe anyone relate to comics really in any way is welcome on the show so uh we have some cool people coming down the pipeline hopefully i had a kind of a scramble to fill in that last slot that i had to to fill in last last time I um, was really lucky to get Hal Hilden, which was an awesome interview. I got a lot of really good feedback on it. Uh, a lot of people enjoyed it a lot, which is, makes me very happy to hear. Um, however, there were some other people that said they would be available in May to record, so I may have a few in the pipeline to come down the line, and some of them are some doozies, so I'm excited. Hopefully you will be too. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier has recently wrapped up. If you've watched it, I hope you liked it as much as I did. It is a ton of fun. Uh plays really close to the chest when it comes to some of the Marvel characters in the comics, especially recently with Sam Wilson stepping into the role of Captain America. I mean, I'm, I'm hopefully that's not a spoiler for you. It's really hard to avoid that. There's been images all over social media, uh, people talking about it all over the place. So um, it is kind of the through line of the series and where it seemed to be headed. But yes, very cool. And if you tuned in to last episode when I said I had a theory about you know, Sharon Carter's position in the series, I was vindicated, and I was right, which is really cool. I'm excited to see where that they're going to go with that. Uh, they have announced there will be a Captain America movie featuring Sam Wilson in the role, so I'm very pumped to see what they're going to do with that. I really enjoyed that series, and I feel as though they've dropped some serious breadcrumbs as to what's going to happen in the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in relation to perhaps the Thunderbolts, maybe the Dark Avengers, some of the really cool stuff along the way. And as I mentioned on social media, if you have questions about the comic book histories of some of the characters you've seen in that series, uh, you need to look no further than this very podcast. The further episodes down the line in the past featured Baron Zemo. They also fe featured John Walker, the U.S. agent, and uh, as well as somebody I'm forgetting is another character. Oh, uh, Batroc, Batroc the Leaper. So if you are interested in all those characters... You can go catch up on uh, the comic book histories that have led them to the series, as well as this episode, which is featuring Sharon Carter herself, Agent 13. So um, tune in and, and learn all about this enduring Marvel character and how she would fit into the Marvel Universe before she fit into the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the way that she has. 
So, um, yeah. So, welcome to the show if you're a new listener. If you're an old-time listener, this is more of the same, but hopefully you like the same. I mean, this is episode 53, so if you didn't like it, I don't know why you're still here. <laughs> but uh, I do appreciate you joining me. So, without much further ado, let's jump into today's episode in which we talk about Agent 13, Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter is the daughter of Harrison and Amanda Carter, two wealthy Virginians and the niece of Margaret Peggy Carter, a heroic freedom fighter during World War II who had shared many adventures with Captain America before his supposed death at the end of the war. When Peggy returned home in need of hospitalization from traumatic shell shock, she told her niece many stories about Steve Rogers. Inspired by these tales and her own aunt's exploits, Sharon decided to become an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., the International Espionage Agency. On her first major assignment, Sharon Carter, codenamed Agent 13, was chosen to pick up a cylinder containing the powerful explosive called Inferno 42 from a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who had stolen it from them, the governing body of the subversive organization HYDRA. By coincidence, Captain America, in his secret identity, saw Carter on her way to receive the cylinder and was struck by her close resemblance to her Aunt Peggy. However, Rogers had no idea who Sharon Carter was, having known Peggy only by her cover identity. Soon afterwards, Sharon Carter was attacked by the Kashi mercenary Batrock, who had been hired by them to recover the cylinder. As Captain America, Rogers came to her assistance, and while he and Batrock battled one another, Carter made off with the cylinder, unaware that its casing had been damaged, activating the explosive within. Learning from Batrock that she was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, Captain America went in pursuit of her and succeeded in saving her life and preventing them from making use of the explosive. Captain America continued to cross paths with Carter as the two adventured, only knowing her as Agent 13. On one particular mission, Captain America rescued her from the subversive group AIM, and the two fell deeply in love with each other. After a later assignment bringing down the Nazi Red Skull's fourth sleeper robot together, Carter was allowed by S.H.I.E.L.D. to reveal her secret identity to Captain America. The two became lovers and remained allies for many subsequent missions. Carter briefly helped form and lead S.H.I.E.L.D.'s so-called Femme Force, an all-women squad of commandos. Shortly thereafter, Sharon resigned from S.H.I.E.L.D. to take a vacation and spend more time with Steve Rogers. She did not return to active duty for some time. During this period, Captain America learned that Carter's aunt was the woman he had loved during World War II, and he was able to rescue her from the clutches of the evil Dr. Faustus. It was on a later mission against Dr. Faustus that Carter participated in what would come to be believed as her final mission. Carter was assigned to be the S.H.I.E.L.D. liaison to the New York City Police Department while both organizations investigated the group known as the National Force, which was secretly controlled by Dr. Faustus. Carter fell under the thrall of Faustus' mind-influencing gas during a rally in Central Park, and she was abducted with the others by the National Force's Grand Director, who had also been the fourth Captain America. Carter and others in the group were coerced to march on New York City's Harlem area to burn it down. When confronted by the National Guard, the mesmerized Carter, in accordance with the orders given by Faustus, activated a self-destruct device in her costume and was believed incinerated with other members of the rally. It was later revealed that Carter's death was staged by S.H.I.E.L.D. Director Nick Fury, so that Carter could go on to perform an even more dangerous assignment. However, something went wrong and Carter was believed dead by S.H.I.E.L.D. and left abandoned behind enemy lines. She ended up joining with S.H.I.E.L.D. enemies out of resentment towards Fury, and even went on to become an agent of the Red Skull. However, when Captain America foiled the Skull's plans and the two were reunited and Carter returned home, still wishing to confront Nick Fury, Carter learned not only that Fury was believed dead, killed by the vigilante known as the Punisher, but that his death and funeral were staged. Carter surreptitiously infiltrated the agency to investigate only to find herself pursued by S.H.I.E.L.D. and wanted for treason. To avoid capture, Carter was forced to escape through an energy portal she found in an abandoned S.H.I.E.L.D. safehouse. 
There, she found herself in Nazi territory during World War II, and she encountered the missing Nick Fury. Fury had found documents which questioned the fate of his predecessor, the S.H.I.E.L.D. director codenamed Fallen Angel, whom he had believed was killed by agents of HYDRA. In fact, he was abandoned by S.H.I.E.L.D. after HYDRA kidnapped him. Fury set about tracking the Fallen Angel, but as the situation was politically volatile, Fury diverted attention from his investigation by staging his own death, with the help of his old friend Frank Castle. His search led him to the backslide of supposedly abandoned S.H.I.E.L.D. project, which created a portal from a fabricated cosmic cube. Ultimately, the Fallen Angel hoped Fury might use the portal to go back in time, prevent S.H.I.E.L.D. from being formed, and thus gain revenge for his abandonment. Fury disagreed, and he and the Fallen Angel struggled. They both ended up traveling through the portal, which did not lead back into time. It merely created a reality based on the memories of war from the two soldiers. Fallen Angel took his own life, and Fury was left trapped, fighting a stalemate war for months. Carter's presence allowed the backslide's reality to change, offering a way out. Together, Fury and Carter battled their way free, as on the other side of the portal, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents were about to destroy the device, since Fury was the only one who could open it. Carter and Fury managed to escape moments before the portal's destruction, although Fury disappeared in the explosion. Soon afterward, Carter re-enlisted with S.H.I.E.L.D., serving a brief term as executive director during Fury's absence until a replacement could be found. She became a field agent once more, reporting directly to the new executive director as a liaison officer specifically assigned to support and report on Captain America's activities. Captain America and Carter continued to work together and remain close. They also began an investigation of the Winter Soldier, who was revealed to be Cap's former sidekick, Bucky Barnes, who had survived World War II and was imbued with superpowers, serving as a sleeper agent for HYDRA. Following the conclusion of the Civil War, Agent 13 found herself a pawn of Dr. Faustus and the Red Skull. Using Faustus' expertise in hypnosis, the villains activated a subconscious command in Sharon's mind, forcing her to shoot and kill her lover, Steve Rogers. Sharon eventually discovered that she was pregnant. She tried hiding the pregnancy from the Skull, but he eventually found out and planned on using her child for his own dark purposes. While fighting her brainwashing, Sharon managed to release Steve's partner, Bucky, to Black Widow and the Falcon. Sharon soon found that she believed to be Steve Rogers alive. However, upon closer look, she realized it was the 1950s Captain America, formerly known as the Grand Director. Refusing to let such an abomination live, Sharon attempted to kill him. However, Alexander Lukin, whose body the Red Skull was inhabiting, prevented her by shocking her from behind. She was then taken to a med ward. Eventually, she was able to escape and take the Skull's daughter, Sin, hostage. However, a fight between them resulted in Sharon getting stabbed in the stomach and losing her baby. Dr. Faustus helped her, reactivating her tracking device and making her forget about being pregnant. When S.H.I.E.L.D. assaulted the compound, Arnim Zola took Sharon to a device that the Skull acquired from Dr. Doom. Sharon managed to fight against the procedure and to kill Lucan. She was rescued later by Sam Wilson, also known as the Falcon. After discovering the gun that killed Steve Rogers was not an actual gun, but a device made to displace her in time, Sharon gained the assistance of Hank Pym and Reed Richards to bring him back, leading to her to be captured by Norman Osborn and the Red Skull. After being saved by Captain America and the Avengers, Sharon helped defeat the Skull and his AID forces. Afterwards, Sharon Carter rekindled her romantic relationship with Steve Rogers and served as a part of his secret Avengers team. She later attended her aunt's funeral and helped Steve Rogers to battle a new threat of codename Bravo and Baron Zemo. Never shy with her thoughts, Sharon proposed marriage to Steve Rogers. Unfortunately, before he could give an answer, she was stranded in Dimension Z for quite some time. Carter eventually found a way to rescue Steve. However, to save Cap and prevent an alien army of Arnim Zola's mutates from leaving Dimension Z and infecting the world, Sharon sacrificed herself. She appeared to perish in a gigantic explosion, which the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent detonated herself. Through unrevealed means, Sharon survived and remained in Dimension Z, where time passed faster than the regular world, causing her to age rapidly compared to the normal world. 
She raised Ian Zola, the son of Arnim Zola, as her own son, in fact, leading him to refer to her as mother. When Arnim Zola returned to attack New York, Falcon and Jet Black found that Sharon was alive, but in the villain's captivity. She was subsequently rescued by Ian and returned to the regular world, where she regained her youth. Following a fiasco at the secret superhuman prison of Pleasant Hill, which was indirectly caused by S.H.I.E.L.D. director Maria Hill due to the use of a cosmic cube as the moving force behind said facility, Sharon Carter was appointed shadow interim director of the organization while Hill waited for trial for her crimes. Once Hill was found guilty, Captain America attempted to convince the World Security Council to make Sharon the new director. However, this event occurred at the same time S.H.I.E.L.D. proposed a bill to be given more power for civilian surveillance in order to combat the growing threat of HYDRA. For this reason, Carter declined the Council's eventual offer, having decided that the potential additional amount of power in S.H.I.E.L.D.'s hands required that its leader was a person everybody could trust. For this reason, she encouraged Steve Rogers to take the role of director himself. When Carter encouraged Steve to become S.H.I.E.L.D.'s leader, she did know that Steve had been transformed into a Hydra sleeper agent by the sentient cosmic cube, Kobik. Steve used his position in S.H.I.E.L.D. to set up a series of crises that allowed him and Hydra to take over the United States. Carter was placed under house arrest and treated kindly so Steve could try and convince her to join Hydra's cause and so that they could be together once again. Carter refused to join Hydra and didn't believe that the Steve before her was the real Steve Rogers. Carter later tried to kill Rogers so they wouldn't shiv, but Rogers was able to stop the attack. Sharon was confined in a prison cell that formerly held Rick Jones. Still wanting to be with Carter, Rogers ordered Dr. Faustus to brainwash her into a loyal member of Hydra. However, Carter had made herself immune to Faustus' hypnotic power and acted like Faustus' brainwashing was working so that she could slip poison into his drink. After dealing with Faustus, Carter took control of Hydra's helicarriers and forced them to crash to aid the contingent of heroes that was launching that desperate attack on Hydra. Following the return of the real Captain America and the fall of Hydra, Sharon reunited with Steve and assisted him in his missions. She was later personally recruited by General Thunderbolt Ross to help investigate a series of terrorist attacks by an army of clones of the super-soldier known as Nuke. A general force for good in the Marvel Universe and a solid supporter of Captain America, who knows what the future holds for the Marvel Universe's preeminent super-spy, Agent 13. graphic history of Sharon Carter, sure to be a driving force in the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and to always be an enduring part of the Marvel Printed Universe, the 616 Universe, if you will, of, uh, of the comics, the original stories, the ones that all this wonderful, wonderful fiction is being built on. So if you're loving the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, the movies, the series, then you should give the comics a try because there's a lot of wonderful, beautiful stories in there that you're missing. And, uh, you know, you can't learn it all just from listening to this podcast. wish you could, but you can't. So you're going to have to maybe crack a book every once in a while. <laughs> Although I know many of you are comic fans who already read the comics and like the refresher. Or maybe miss the ones that focus on the characters we talk about. It's always good to remind people that they're out there if you aren't currently reading. Maybe now's the time to pick one up and give it a try. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning into the Graphic Histories podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode, which I will announce shortly on social media. And stay safe out there as cases are getting higher in our area. Hopefully your area is nice and safe, but, you know, COVID is still an issue right now. And uh, do everything you can to protect yourself and others. So stay safe. Thank you once again for tuning in. I'll catch you next time.